Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby pick. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Who cares? Who knows? Why bother? Rugby Pick'em. We got seven minutes with Colin Strickler. Tommy Nopix has joined the show. Yeah. Yeah. And Tommy, we're talking about the state of the college game. Right now we're coming off okay. a pandemic where most colleges got canceled the past two years. Some of the bigger ones came back in a little capacity this spring. But Colton, what right now is your opinion of the state of the college game? Because it, it looks like it's been tough sledding for programs that aren't D1. Right, and that's what I was going to say. It's like it's almost been, for me, uh, for better or worse, I mean, for worse, I guess, out of sight, out of mind, because I haven't seen much of it at all. Uh, like you said, the stuff I have seen has been the, the D1 clubs, the clubs in areas that you can play rugby. You know, I, I saw Life and uh, Lindenwood Women's last week. That, that's what I've seen so far. Tommy, you were not a D1 player. I was not a D1 player. None of us at this table have, have played in a D1 environment where they put you on scholarship and rugby is your life. For the average club player who just got two seasons canceled, two years of rugby development pulled out from under them. What kind of advice would you give to a young club kid who right now might be going into his senior year or might be graduating coming off of two years of cancellations? I just like, honestly, keep a ball in your hand. Like those skills can go away quick. Uh, I know that, yeah, I know that ECU, uh, my alma mater, um, they just had their first scrimmage against the men's club. It's kind of easier, probably in the southeast right now to get those to get those scrimmages in. But um, like first scrimmage in two years, like first time on the field. So I'm always biased. I always think that college players should find a men's club to play sevens with in the summer. If you're interested, you can come visit the Denver Barbarians. We'll find somewhere to put you, and we'll put you through the sevens paces. But Tommy, you, this is how you got out here to Denver via the Howard Kent pipeline. If yeah. a young kid is going back to his hometown, what would you say to them if they don't have a rugby opportunity there? Like, is it worth it to try and go live somewhere else for the summer? Absolutely, right? Like, if you're saying there's a, a rugby opportunity to live somewhere else. Oh, we're saying there's an opportunity. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so my plan was I'm just going to move out to Denver for two months, play some sevens, and then move back. And, you know, three years later, I'm still here. So I haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. Colin, the Glendale team has had a weird history of sevens. I think when Andre was in charge, he had a sevens team. Yeah. Um, when Davey, That's who I used to train with, believe it or not. Yeah. Was that Andre sevens? Team? I do believe it. Yeah. <laughs> But when Davey took over, they kind of shifted. They're saying, like, we're doing 15s. This is our look. Now with the XOs, where do you see these XOs potentially fitting into the sevens world? I would say expect to see some <laughs> XO sevens, which I, shouldn't be that much of a surprise, right? That's that's more tailor-made to what they are. Yeah. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do if they hypothetically compete in sevens this summer this is good this is all loose speak because everything's <laughs> fluid in the age of covid <laughs> yeah but in general i think the state of the college game is on the up 
we're seeing more and more varsity programs coming on board. I mean, Tommy, Central Washington, can we beat the drum enough? Cole Zarconi just got his first cap in the MLR. Jack Wendling, I hear, is going to be a, a fifth-year senior. They call that the uh, the shoe-in number one overall pick when you stay for your fifth year. You're just showing off. More work. I, I joke because they played summer sevens with us, and I love those guys. But as more clubs offer parents the opportunity to have their kids entire collegiate bill taken care of how do we keep that train going do we need to shoot for better sponsorship on the sevens level because the crc if you ask some people they have mixed reviews they say it didn't make enough money to justify its costs but i also just kind of think that we should throw some money into the college game. <laughs> Colleges naturally just use taxpayer money right. to fund things. So why not? I mean, get as much of that taxpayer money going to rugby as possible. Become, yeah, if you're a small college, you have opportunity to, be, to become like a international like hotspot for- A cuts kids. town. Yeah, exactly. An Arkansas like, state. You put a little bit of money towards that program and now people from like Saffa. all over the world the are Saffas will to come your in. small school yeah. just to be in America, so yeah. Thomas, do you think that, let's go back on the club level, just recruiting kids just to make your, you know, your game day 15 or getting 20 out to training. How does a small college club bounce back from a devastating two years off from COVID? Uh, yeah, like grassroots, just you're going to have to like go out into campus and like find, go to the football tryouts, whoever gets cut, you know, like <laughs> you're going to have to find some, you're going to have to scrape it together. Like it's just going to be a grassroots type thing. Can you also kind of look of it as a, as like a bit of a clean slate though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's hard to recruit in college because yeah. let's say you have a stud and he's a freshman, and he takes more of a leadership role. By the time he's a senior, unless he's bred another stud who's really into it, when he graduates, yeah. his services like exactly. I guess, yeah, you forget about the pipeline. I just, I, I, part of me too is thinking like, you had all these people not doing anything for two years. Like how many new weird things are we trying to do when you were locked up in the house? Like maybe some people, like I want to play rugby. I want to, you know, maybe maybe you're working with that. Uh, Maybe they listen to the DMVR Rugby Podcast. This is the DMVR Rugby Podcast. And we're like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted to play rugby. Great intro. Come on. Well, that is seven minutes with Colton Strickler on the state of the college game. We hope it comes back in a big way. We hope that state schools just keep pouring more and more money into the programs. And we hope that they can afford to, like, play MLR Academies here and there and just – I don't know, create that college football rivalry and intensity, especially in the South, and bring that to the rugby pitch. There has to be a way to get Clemson and Alabama just, like, going at each other. Get uh, Jim Knox involved. Oh, there you go. Put Knoxie on the job. Pick him. State of the college game. Tommy Nopix has joined the show. Yeah. Honestly, keep a ball in your hand. Like, 
those skills can go away quick. Tommy, you, this is how you got out here to Denver via the Howard Kent pipeline. Just gonna move out to Denver for two months, play some sevens, and then move back. And, you know, three years later, I'm still here. So, throw some money into the college game. Davey. That's what I used to train with, believe it or not. Yeah. Was that Andre Sevens? I do believe it. <laughs> I would say expect to see some <laughs> XO7s, which I, shouldn't be that much of a surprise, right? That's, that's more tailor-made to what they are. Jack Wenling, the shoe-in number one overall pick. Colleges naturally just use taxpayer money right. to fund things, so get as much of that taxpayer money going to rugby as possible. Oh, man. Yeah, great intro. <laughs> Get uh, your Noxon ball. Put Noxie on the job. D1 environment where they put you on scholarship and rugby is your life. Know your role.